Jessica Watson is an entrepreneur and an adventurer best known for her solo sailing journey, circumnavigating the globe at age 16. At the time, she was the youngest ever. Then came Laura Decker, who was a bit younger. In this interview, she shares her lessons and how it's shaped her and her efforts to bring disruptive innovation to the boating industry. Decky is the startup that she's currently working on to help people get into and enjoy sailing. Decky is a bit like TripAdvisor for the marine industry, and it's apparent that she brings the values from her feet at a young age to her work today. So I'm speaking with Jessica Watson. Hi, Jessica. Hi, how are you? Good. So Jessica is of a generation that were told that they could do anything they put their mind to, and she believed it. So Jessica's known as the youngest person to circumnavigate the globe solo. So today we're going to talk a bit about her experience, what it means in terms of leadership, and what she's up to now and what she's working on. So, Jessica, tell me about the obstacles that you had to overcome in being the youngest solo circumnavigator. Like, what were the naysayers like? Yeah, obviously a big part of the voyage, most of it really, was the preparation and actually getting to the start line. Um, You know, setting off, I had the boat, the right boat with me and the right support around me, and it was actually just a matter of getting on with it. And I'm told now that I downplay some of the more, you know, drastic and and hair-raising and just really mentally tough moments. And it's easy to a few years on. There certainly were those times, but the reality was it was all in the preparation and that because some of that was really tough, um, that was actually sort of what strengthened me up and <laughs> toughened me up to take on the rest of the world as well. So can you say a little bit more about the support that you had and, and what role that played? Yeah, so the support built up pretty naturally. It was, you know, started with a small team of sort of mentors and advisors and people helping out and it, it built into this amazing team of sort of volunteers who were working for, for weeks on this boat to get her ready. Um, local sponsorship to start with, you know, some of the local sailing community and then that kind of built into um, much larger corporate support too, which was really incredible. Brave of these companies to take that on. But they understood, you know, they, they actually sort of understood the full story. So they were doing that, you know, it was a calculated risk for them. Um, And, of course, at the same time, there were plenty of naysayers, uh, (laughs) which was a a really interesting experience and and partly very understandable. Um, So what what, what kind of things were they saying, like just – Look, I mean, it was all around, oh, you can't do that, you're a young girl. Um, Actually, I don't know that gender was the biggest part of it. I'm sure it contributed to it, but I like to kind of ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If that was the case, Um, you know, it's just – it's so far outside people's comfort zones to do something like this. So, I mean, one of the big things I've learned about risk is that people perceive risk that are unknown to them to be bigger than they necessarily are. Mm. So, you know, very few people, certainly I don't think any of these critics actually understood the full kind of story and the actual risks involved. Um, In fact, you know, I don't, I can't recall anyone who actually would come and talk to us and meet my team and kind of find out what was going on who would walk away still going, you know, <laughs> I think they were still worried, but, <laughs> um, you know, they could understand what was going on. But, I, I mean, the wonderful thing about that whole debate was, I mean, a lot of it was very ill-informed, I have to say. Like, it, it is quite disturbing when you realise when you're in the middle of it how inaccurate, um, you know, some of these sort of stories in the media are and the headlines, um, things like that. But, 
it was, I think, really important to actually have this debate as a community. Well, mm. What is a 16-year-old capable of? You know, there are 16-year-olds out there doing some really amazing things, acting as carers and um, certainly through history there's there's been a lot of responsibility, <laughs> responsibility placed on the shoulders of 16-year-olds. Mm. Um, yeah, they're, they're capable, I think, of a lot more than people give them credit for. And do you think that your achievement of actually successfully you know, being the youngest person to, to, to sail around the planet. What do you think that did for the reputation of young people? Look, I hope it did something positive. Um, I, I really hope, I'm not sure changing the reputation of a generation, <laughs> um, but I really do just hope that even the people who still disagree, um, I just hope that it made them stop and think for a moment, well, hey, maybe, maybe 16-year-olds can do these things, you know. I, I really, really hope that it just made people stop and consider for a moment that maybe um, maybe we shouldn't be judging people mm. <laughs> by our own standards or, yeah, limiting other people by their own standards. I want to go back to the support. So tell me about how you gathered the support. What, like, it sounds like you that was a, a big part of getting to the, to the start line, as you say. Um, how did you get people to get on board and how, like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, must have said a lot about who you are to have people taking big risks and, and you know, working tirelessly for weeks on end to to support your, your effort in this. Like, how, how did you do that? Uh, look, that's something I kind of, you know, ask myself frequently. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, a big part of it is that I was just so utterly obsessed and single-mindedly working towards this that that is quite you know I see that in other people and go wow that's quite inspiring and and it's something you want to be part of um when it's just yeah so that you know you're just living and breathing something and yeah that's something that's quite powerful to be around so that certainly helped um but I think I mean, asking for help was a big part of it in the early days. You know, people are generous. They, they want to give advice and, and help. And, you know, you sort of need to tell, you know, remind yourself that, that actually, you know, people enjoy sharing what they've learned. Yeah. And that sort of built into some greater support when I sort of, you know, formed these relationships with these mentors who were giving me support on a regular base. Mm. Um, and then, you know, sponsors and support like that. It's sort of a, a snowball. Um, you need that local support for bigger sponsors to take you more seriously. I, along the way, I got some more professional help with managing those relationships. Was That was fantastic. Okay. But, I mean, the big thing I, I suppose I learned with all these volunteers who would work on the boat was that um, for them, I, you know, I couldn't pay them. I, I was a you know, pretty terrible leader kind of working it out as I went along being quite demanding of what I expected of these poor volunteers. <laughs> but but the big realisation that I came to was that they're not doing it because I can thank them or repay them. They're doing it because they get to share this this voyage and this dream. Mm. And and that is incredibly powerful, um, actually sharing a vision, giving them some ownership over it. Mm. It was theirs as much as it was mine. So you had this this very um, like you said you were singly single mindedly focused on, on on this vision. Did you have doubt? You know the crazy thing is I can honestly say no. <laughs> really? Which is is really um, unique. I think. Oh. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of that audacity of being a fifteen, sixteen year old that helps there. Okay. I once I decided that this was something I could do because I'd, I'd taken it from that approach. You know, I'd come to it going, "Is this something I can do?" And I'd sort of worked through all the reasons why maybe it was or wasn't. 
and had decided that it is something I could do mm. and, you know, I just need to find the right pieces of support to, to do it. Great. Uh, so that's, yeah, a really special thing. And, and of course, doubt's something that, you know, I'm aware of since, I suppose. Um, but, again, that's, yeah, it, it is quite unique, but I really think it came from starting from kind of working backwards mm. um, on that goal rather than kind of discovering it along the way. Fantastic. So tell me about Laura Decker. Did you anticipate that someone else would come and beat your record? Like, was it just a matter of time before that happened? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, when I was out there sailing and just beforehand, there were a couple of young guys as well off doing similar things. So they were slightly older. So I came in a bit younger than them and um, doing the voyage um, with stops along the way too. So that's the way Laura did it which is really smart because she actually got to stop off at all these really great places and, and see some of them and, you know, actually get to experience some of the different culture and along the way. Um, so I think we always sort of had very different ideas of the way we wanted to do our different trips. She wanted to do it stopping. Uh, a lot of that was in the tropics, which comes with different dangers, like being in foreign ports and the, the potential threat of pirates, yeah. whereas those things were, for me, things that I was more worried about and wanted to avoid, so I took this southern non-stop route around the world and, and avoided those dangers and probably put myself in a way of, um, you know, potentially bigger storms and, and issues like that. Right. So, so in a way, they're, they're quite different voyages. Hers was stopping, mine was non-stop. Um, she's slightly younger, so she is the sort of official um, youngest person, although the, the funny thing about that is that there is actually no official body who recognises these records, so it's all slightly unofficial anyway. So, yeah, t- tell me about that, given it, yeah, there there is no official nature of it, but, I mean, clearly we there is evidence that you are the youngest person, but what what is that like for you as far as, as your own relationship to what you've achieved? Look, I really kind of don't have any time for it in a way when when I just can't be bothered with the whole debate because you know it sort of sprung up in the media it was just one of those typical kind of this is going to get some mileage let's run a story on this um you know it sort of sprung up in the media just before I got home it's not an official record there's all these people going oh don't worry we still think you're great you did a good job even though it wasn't officially sailing around the world and I just sort of went I don't really care (laughs) that's Um, great you know I suppose I'm just you know look, you can debate these things forever. Um, you know, what's official anyway? I have a lot of wonderful trophies with um, my achievement on it, um, but, you know, there's no bit of certificate from the sort of sailing body who don't recognise this type of record anyway. Well, what does it matter? Um, and, and then, you know, again, it was really just something that was a media beat up because there was a you know an angle of, of controversy in there yeah. um, for them. And, yeah, it, it sort of just makes you realise it's not something that, that worries you Um the interesting thing about that, though, is that there is this sort of attitude that comes across that there are people who sort of just still refuse to kind of accept um, an achievement. You know, they still feel the need to just knock it down instead of going, okay, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, you know, they need to find a way of going, but it wasn't really this for. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like it's, you know, your your achievement is is yours and it's, you know, you're proud of it regardless of, of the, the, you know, that, that controversy. Is that kind of what it's like? Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, look, it's, it's been six years and I'm very proud of it for different reasons still, but to be really honest, it's hard to me to take compliments about it now because I am proud of it. Uh, there are certain elements that I'm particularly proud of the way I handled myself 
but um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of a lot of other things since too. So oh, okay. I can't, I really can't take many more compliments about the voyage because it's because um, <laughs> I suppose to some extent I've, I've kind of moved on and yeah. I, I want to be proud of new things as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, that brings me to my next question: What have you learned in the years since? You know, given you've been decorated with prestigious awards and you're a sought-after speaker, what has your experience taught you about leadership? Look, it's been really busy. There's been so many things. Um, you know, it was just absolutely nonstop for a few years there and, and then some big projects that I'm quite proud of, like uh, Youth Sydney Hobart Yacht Race. Um, we did really well as a team in that, and that was a huge sort of a learning experience as a leader. Uh, I went into that thinking I could be this sort of traditional big, tough, um, you know, skipper on, a, on this boat, and, and that kind of completely fell down around me because that's just not the type of leader I could be <laughs> in reality. So I learned to be this kind of nurturing kind of leader who was just okay. there to get the best out of my crew, which was really cool wow. to realise that. Um, and then, you know, there's been other experiences like my role with the United Nations World Food Program or the Year as Young Australian of the Year, which they're very humbling, <laughs> you know, when you win them over these people who've dedicated their lives to helping others. And, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, of course you never go around saying, you know, I'm a great leader or <laughs> I'm any sort of leader at all, but, um, you know, it is such an amazing opportunity to be able to talk to so many yeah, young people at different schools and, and just, yeah, share my story, I think, rather than try and give particular advice. And, mm. and I'd prefer to do it that way and have people learn from it the way that, you know, what they, they take away from it is, is different for everyone as well. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, so I met you when you spoke at the Australian Institute of Management where you now study. Can you tell us a bit about what motivated you to study with AIM? For a girl who ran away from school, I've really come to love studying. Um, I sort of finished school in a bit of a haphazard way and then started and finished a degree because I wanted to sort of be a bit more serious about studying and I really came to love that um, and that kind of led me to continue on and, um, into an MBA now with AIM. I suppose it's it's just the few mentors and teachers along the way who have taught me something beyond or instead of coursework, and that's just that um, just to enjoy learning, and that's mm. been really special. And I, I will it's it's changed me now that I will just always be kind of seeking out new knowledge and, and learning for life, whether mm. or not I'm officially sort of studying or not. So that's pretty cool. It's changed me a lot, I think. Um, it's uh, I'm, well, What I'm proud of is how much I have changed um, every year since the voyage. People okay. say don't change, but why on earth do they say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about Decky. What is it and how did you get involved? So this, I mean, for me, in the time since, the one thing I've really had to do is, is kind of push myself and challenge myself in new ways. Um, in a way, it would have sort of been the easy thing to do to set off and sail around the world backwards or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I've had to put myself out of, out of my comfort zone in these new ways. And I heard about Decky, which is a small marine startup, a review website for boaties, like a trip advisor for, for sailors and boaties. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about what the founder was doing and it's sort of, wow, this is this is exciting. You know, I love this. It's working with people I love in this industry that I love um, and it's also a great challenge because um, the boating industry has seen very, very little sort of digital disruption. We're starting to see it now, which is exciting. Um, so we're kind of early, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, just a really, really exciting and big challenge to sort of change the sort of behaviour 
because we have this really um, sharing, inclusive kind of boating community, but they haven't been given this tool to do it online in mm. this one place. So to sort of help them um, realise that this is there for them now is, is um, exciting. Yeah, I really like how you bring that, the essence of the the sharing nature of the community into the values of the business. And I have to say in, in looking at the um, – the website, even just like the destinations, it just made me want to get on a boat. I mean, I've never sailed, but it just had me go, oh, wow, that would be fantastic. Well, that's good to hear that it's having that effect. I mean, for me, that's something that I kind of realize is a bit of a um, lifetime goal, I suppose, is just to get more people to give sailing a go and, and to love it. Mm. Um, and, and that's sort of something that, although Jackie's sort of for the, the boating community as it is, it's something that should make it easy for new people to get into boating because it is incredibly difficult um, to get into it if you don't know what kind of boat you should get or Mm -hmm. where you should go. um, You want to make that information accessible for people who might be new to it as well. Mm. So what have been some of the connections about what you've been learning as far as um, your your study uh, with your MBA and um, being involved in a startup? Well, the wonderful thing is that it's all really directly relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's just great that so many of my assignments have just been sort of feels, you know, so perfect that you're kind of working on this and getting some feedback on it from, from great people and, and it's actually stuff that's just, yeah, you're using every day. Mm. So, yeah, learning so much um, from it all. Um, I don't know about particularly big takeaways. I mean, I've certainly learned more and more to kind of reach out and and seek advice from all sorts of people, particularly from different industries and things like that. Mm. So that's a great kind of habit that I've kind of noticed that I've fallen into. um, And, you know, it's really effective. Just, again, people want to share. They want to help. Um, So, you know, don't ever feel afraid to pick up the phone and ask someone for an idea or some advice. Mm. Well, similar to what we were um, – actually, I'm not sure if I was saying this before, but um, since I have decided to do this podcast, every single person that I asked has said yes. Um, oh, wonderful. That's yeah. been a bit of a surprise to me, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's surprising. You don't ask or you don't give something a go, you're mm. never going to know it. Yeah, um, you know that's something that I, I love to kind of make a point of saying when I do speak is that look you've got to you've got to give it a go. You know, mm-hmm. dreams are great, but um, the important thing is actually making them happen. Yes, absolutely. So I'm I'm thinking about um, what advice you have for entrepreneurs and thought leaders and people who want to you know to be a tall poppy. Uh, and to stand, you know, apart from the crowd, but have some reluctance. So what does your journey say about being a tall poppy? Well, I love the idea of tall poppy. It's, it's really an interesting one because part of it is obviously really challenging and it's quite cool when even at a you know non-dramatic level you see someone be sort of knocked back for wanting to go to uni or when they're in that sort of, you know, very down-to-earth environment and that's pretty harsh. But at the other end of the scale, I really kind of like that tall poppy attitude that we have. It's not all great, but I do like it because I think that's what really makes us Australian. We're really genuine that people don't let um, someone kind of get away with themselves. Um, It really keeps us, yeah, genuine down to earth. But obviously it can be challenging to deal with if you perceive it to be stopping you from giving something a go. 
so yeah look I mean the the advice I mean what can I say I mean it's it's you've got to give things a go you've got to try these things I'm I'm not the best person who could have sailed around the world there's a million people who could have done it faster and better and the same thing goes for everything else I've done but I was the one who actually gave it a go mm, so yeah. um, it's not very profound or um you know yeah it's but it's quite simple is that you really I suppose a big part of it you've got to be willing to learn and take advice from everyone around you and work hard and all those other wonderful qualities that you'll need but you can learn those things along the way mm. if you're if you're willing to give something a go so the, the things that I'm that are sort of standing out for me about what you're saying is that there's it's really important to ask for help and to know that that people want to help um, and to to get that support around you and and I also am hearing that that um, so there's something about dealing with uh, the naysayers but also the the people who might be perceived to be your competition like with Laura Decker you, you didn't really regard her as competition like you seem to um, be a bit more collegiate with her yeah, and the exact same thing is sort of happening with Becky is that we're actually reaching out to and working with all these other sort of um, marine startups that are popping up and it's just the most incredible thing to kind of feel like you're in this supportive, help each other out, give each other advice, you know, and we could have just as easily been seeing these guys and them seeing us as competitors, um, but we all know that ultimately we're actually going to be stronger if we work together. Um, and I think that's, I think you can really, you know, at some point you can really make a real point of deciding whether you're going to work with people or, or see them as competition. Mm. So do you think collaboration is the new competition? I'd like to think so. Yeah, I'd love to think so. It's certainly effective in my experiences. Mm. Well, thanks, Jessica. Are there any um, parting words or any other advice that you have for people who are wanting to, to do something that might seem a little crazy or just, you know, realize a dream? Anything that you could suggest? <laughs> Look, I mean, you can learn from everything. There's so much great advice out there, I think, in, in a way that's kind of a bit of the problem is that there's too much of it. Yeah. Um, so the important thing is to, you know, learn from it, but then remember to take those first steps and give something a go. Great. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me today. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. The leadership journey Jessica shared with us is remarkable. Not everyone has such an epic achievement at such a young age, but everyone can relate to having a big dream and wanting to give it a go. And she inspires us to do just that, to ask for help, to work together, to dream big and to hold fast to that dream and to believe in yourself. Her unshakable belief, perhaps founded partly in youthful naivety, is what got her through. It's what attracted people to her a stellar team of supporters, mentors, and sponsors. And it also helped her deal with those who thought she was a bit crazy for wanting to try and who didn't recognize her achievement when she succeeded. Her experience and what she learned says a lot about her. When Laura Decker came along, Jessica embraced her as a fellow adventurer, not as competition. She believes that if we work together, we can achieve more. Her experience managing stakeholder and sponsor relationships at 16 taught her the value of collaboration and asking for help. And I loved how she said that most of the journey for her epic feat was in the preparation and that people do really want to help, to be part of something. Think about what we can learn from Jessica. Ask yourself, what's something I can ask for help with? 
how do I deal with those who either think that what I'm trying to do is a bit nuts or those who don't recognize my achievements? And what can I learn from how much Jessica believed in herself? It doesn't matter what age you are or what generation you're from. It's never too late to improve your self-belief. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. If so, help your fellow listeners by writing a review, even just a few words, just to give people an idea of what you got from listening. To find out more, come have a look at my website, tathrastreet.com. And depending on when you're listening, you'll find my book at tathrastreet.com forward slash book, possibly in the stage where I'm crowdfunding for it or where it's published and available for purchase. Coming up on Tall Poppy, Carolyn Tate from the Slow School of Business, Didier Elzinger, CEO of CultureAmp, David Berkus of Radio Free Leader and the host of the Work Smarter Summit. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Music